Hey, welcome to the Pharmacy Residency and Money Podcast, a member of the Pharmacy Podcast Network. I'm Tony Guerra, pharmacist and publisher, bringing you help succeeding in your career, health, and wealth before, during, and after residency. You can sign up for the email list at pharmacyresidencypodcast.com to get your free LOI template or get editing help working one-on-one with me at residency.teachable.com. Hey, before we get started with the show, I just wanted to talk to you quickly about the impact of um, each week with the NAPLEX. So really, this is something you can't control, and and you're obviously not going to pick a pharmacy school based on their graduation date being earlier than other schools, but um, you can't take the NAPLEX until they send your official transcripts and conferral of graduation. So every week, if you're, let's say $50 an hour, just to make it easy math, I get that most people are gonna make more than that if they're not in residency. Uh, But if you're talking about 50 an hour, you're talking about 2000 a week. So every week your transcripts are delayed and your NAPLEX is not done, MPJE is not done, um, then you're you're losing that $50 an hour or 2000 a week. But if you fail the NAPLEX, you have to wait 45 days, which it's about seven weeks. So you're talking a little bit less than $14,000. And the MPJE is every 30 days. And so we're talking about a little bit more than four weeks. So we're talking about a little more than $8,000. So again, I wanted to um, talk with uh, my student this uh, block because um, she's just really on the ball in terms of uh, getting that NAPLEX studying done, aligning it with our APIs, and I thought it would be really helpful to you guys as you're looking toward residency. But also, if you start to do that RX prep stuff, you start to do that residency preparation, um, it really comes out in the interviews. And so when you're starting to talk about um, those things, as soon as you get into the API and you've already studied that part of RX prep before that API, let's say it's oncology as it is for her, um, then you seem like you know a lot more, but also that you took the time to do it shows a lot of initiative. Then they can train you at a higher level. Then when you take your interview, you are speaking at a higher level. So it may seem like RX prep should be a doorstop for you until the end of you know, April or May when you start studying for it. But I personally think that you should be studying for the NAPLEX through the entirety of your APIs. So I won't keep the show going, but again, uh, you know, I think Jerry had some great, great advice and um, just uh, really making it a lot easier for you to succeed in your APIs and get better recommendations and then, um, you know, doing a lot better in the APIs. And so uh, you're going to be better prepared for those interviews when they come. Hey, welcome to the Pharmacy Residency Podcast. Remember the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Uh, today, I have Jerry Sanger, a P4 at the University of Iowa College of Pharmacy, uh, who's on rotation with me in an academic rotation. And what she did was <clears throat> started to get her NAPLEX uh, studying uh, done a little bit early, make it align with uh, the APIs. And I wanted to talk to her about that and um, how she's going to kind of uh, maybe lean into uh, the NAPLEX studying as a way to not only do well in uh, the APIs, but also uh, to uh, prepare for residency interviews. So Jerry, welcome to the Pharmacy Residency Podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. 
All right. Well, first, tell us a little bit about yourself and, um, you know, what what you've done uh, with pharmacy so far. And then uh, you're looking toward residency. Uh, We wanted to see if we could uh, help some other people who kind of maybe might want to leave NAPLEX studying and MPJE studying till the end. Um, But maybe we could do that a little bit earlier. Uh, Yeah. So I want to do residency and there's so much stress going into the fourth year. Mm-hmm. Um, and residency interviews and stuff that I know that the NAPLEX is kind of something that's like weighing heavily on me and I don't want to leave it to the last minute. So studying for it is of high importance, but it's also, there's so much material on it that it, I know it's something that I can't like cram in a short amount of time. It's going to be a long road ahead of me. So I thought that, um, getting a plan together is going to be in my best benefit. Yeah, I think uh, when you're talking about residency and how many people take the BCPS after residency, uh, that, you know, actually thinking, well, maybe if I start studying for BCPS during residency, it might align better with, you know, the individual uh, rotations that I'm taking. Um, So tell me a little bit about um, how Iowa does it. I know that there's uh, some kind of review at the end. Um, but you're going to be using Rx Prep as uh, kind of the foundation um, and using those chapters. So tell me a little bit about um, maybe your your calendar and you know how much do you can you really get done in a month? I guess is is one way to do it. Um, how how do you kind of acknowledge uh, your the the time commitments you have to the appy, but also um, what you want to do in terms of studying? Yeah. So I tried to. Um, align it the best I could. So for example, I I have an oncology um, rotation coming Mm -hmm. up. And so during that period, I want to be studying things pertaining to heme onc. um, And uh, I have a hospital rotation coming up. And so there I want to be studying uh, like sterile and non-sterile compounding and um, like hospital law I have under Uh, that rotation to study that. So I tried to put things in categories that were similar. So I, as I'm going through the appy, I'm studying um, those topics, but then I'm also hitting topics that don't really fit in. And so, for example, during my heme onc one, since I'm going to be getting a lot of um, oncology, I have that to study, but it won't be something that I actually have to like spend a lot of time on because I'm getting such a good review during the appy. Um, no, that makes a lot of sense. And I guess, you know, even studying a little bit before to kind of go through the Hemonk section and then, you know, using that as preparation so that you're not kind of starting from square one. But tell me a little bit about some of the ones that didn't really fit great into Appy. So maybe things like biostatistics and and those other topics. What are some topics that are just like, well, I, I'm just not going to get that in my clinicals? Yeah, so biostats is one that I have to study in three different sections. Okay. Um, I and it doesn't necessarily always go with the appy, but there are aspects of biostats within the appies. So there are lots of times where you have to do journal clubs. So when I'm doing those journal clubs, really looking at calculating the hazard ratio or the intention to treat, making sure that I know what they are and how to calculate things like that. Okay. And then, you know, right now you you have the book and you have those pieces and the the new Rx prep books, if I remember right, don't actually have questions in them. 
Uh, it kind of they've separated test bank from uh, the book itself. Um, do you get access for for a test bank, or is that something you just kind of have to start working on a little bit later on? That you would have to purchase that, and I will purchase that eventually. Okay. But I think I'm going to wait to do that until maybe the spring because I want to focus really on doing the studying and then applying it as I rem- as I kind of go. Okay. If I remember right, there's some kind of split that you get it for like X number of months. And if you go for a lot more months, it's a lot more expensive, but a fewer months, it's a little bit less expensive. Yeah. That's my reasoning behind it. A whole full oh. year is like $300, whereas only six months is 180. So. Okay. Yeah, no, that's definite savings. All right. Well, what happens though, is that, you know, you get into your clinicals, you get into your appies, you've got your job, you've got all these other responsibilities. And then this little test called the MPJE all of a sudden becomes this thing. You're like, oh my gosh. Oh yeah. That one too. Um, so I saw you, we, uh, worked with TLDR pharmacy to, to get their, um, their, uh, materials, uh, first, but, um, tell me a little bit about how you're going to kind of split up MPJE and then, you know, the federal part and then the part that's in, in the part that goes with your particular state. Yeah. So I, I hadn't really thought much about studying for the MPJE. It kind of seemed like on the back burner and the NAFLEX mm-hmm. to me just seemed more important. And then in my first rotation, uh, my preceptors both said that they thought the MPJE was harder. And so oh. <laughs> I listened to that. And then my next cycle, the pharmacist said the same exact thing. So I thought, oh, uh, maybe I should put some more um, effort into that and maybe move that my studying timeline up for that. Um, so I've heard mixed reviews. Some people say, go and read all of the code. And some people say, no, you don't need to read every single word of it. Um, but you do need to be able to apply it. So I, I haven't completely decided how I'm going to do it, but I know for like the big things, like, uh, the controlled substance laws, I, I'm going to compare my state versus the federal. So those big topics like that, I might have to go and read every single word of the, of the chapters, but, um, that'll benefit me in the long run other than having, you know, what's federal versus what's my state. Um, okay. I, that's going to help me put it into gap categories and keep it straight. What, um, is there a law class? Did you already take the law class? And when I went to school back in the stone age, uh, we actually came back if I remember right, for like this one credit class at the very end, it was kind of neat. We all got to meet up and we did this kind of capstone thing. And it was like, hey, you know, how's it going before we we all kind of go off our different ways? Um, what's Iowa do? Do they have a class at the end? Have you already taken the class? Yeah. So we had a, we had a law class and then we had a capstone class and we took them at the beginning of um, January during our P3 year. So that so, it was okay. kind of a bad time in my opinion because <laughs> you know I was we we had like five other classes going on at the same okay. time and it's over a year and a half away so okay it's hard when it's so far away to really be dedicated to it I got gotcha. you um, but I do believe maybe a week or so before we graduate we have a week long review. Where I think they their plan is to do both NAPLEX and MPJE review. 
But I okay. think that's just something they've started to implement. Okay. Yeah, I, I, that's great that you get to go back again. It's kind of cool where you've you've all kind of split up. You're gone your separate ways, and then you kind of come back and you're you uh, get that one kind of last uh, meeting with everybody. And um, my personal opinion has always been that uh, once residency decisions come out, which <laughs> They always come out in spring break. Like I couldn't be yeah. <laughs> like such a weird time to for this to to happen, right? And then if if somebody has to go into phase two, they have to spend their fate. You know, the the punishment for doing phase two is is having to spend your spring break doing uh, letters of intent and, and resumes and all that again. Um, <clears throat> but I, I guess the the point I was trying to get to is so, um, so uh, when you when you get to a point where um, you get back and. Uh, you see your classmates, that's really closer to May, June. Um, but really, residency results come out in March. Um, are you able to find out who else is in your residency? Does the chatter on social media kind of like, you know, hashtag blessed, I matched, you know, to to wherever? Um, you know, what kind of synergy uh, have you seen in past classes? Or maybe you've just not even kind of seen much of anything? Yeah, so we have a group chat on um, group me. And so I think people will probably post okay. um, their matches in that. Otherwise, I think probably I'll see a lot of it on social media. A lot of people okay. like post screenshots. Okay, so there is an opportunity kind of to to start getting together and like, okay, well, we're both going to, uh, you know, wherever it is, Iowa, Wisconsin, Minnesota, or maybe uh, different parts of the, the country. Um, where somebody could go and say, okay, um, these are the people that are going to be in my group and and maybe we could, you know, kind of meet up and talk about making sure that we we study and, and pass uh, all of that stuff. Um, so tell me a little bit about scheduling time. Uh, some people do better in the morning. Some people do better in the afternoon. Some people do better late at night. How do you stay consistent with something that really isn't, it's like, well, it's due in June. <laughs> and you know here we are in you know august uh, how do you kind of keep on something that is such a long way out but so critical um in terms of getting it done yeah so it is it's a lot of like mental discipline uh it's very challenging but i know for me that i do not want to feel that like stress and impending doom that I would feel. <laughs> Adenosine, impending doom. <laughs> if, I didn't, if I didn't study for it now, okay. I'm just trying to protect my own mental sanity, I guess. And that kind of drives me to study for it. Okay. And I, I know that I'm the kind of person that if I don't do something in the morning, I'm not getting it done. Um, when I get home, I'm as soon as I get home, I'm checked out from everything. So okay. I knowing that's how I am know like that for me, I know that I need to get up early to do whatever I need to do. Yeah. They say, if you want to accomplish something, knowing yourself is the most important part of it and, and knowing when you, you do well and, and do good uh, in terms of uh, your study. So that's awesome. Well, if you would have any tips for, for those that are um, you know, most people are on their third block right now. Um, they probably maybe have RX prep as a doorstop or uh, they are thinking about getting it. Um, what recommendation would you make? Because I feel like this is a motivation thing more than anything else um, in terms of just getting started. Like what would be the very first step for them to to just get started and, and get past that initial, you know, 
block of not being able to to get things going? I think that what's helped me is I looked through that RX prep book. And as I was going through, I, I literally went through the table of contents and there were things that I saw like um, pulmonary hypertension. I don't know anything about pulmonary hypertension. So I saw okay. that and I said, okay, well, that's fair game for the, the NAPLEX. I need to prioritize that and I need to study that. And it was kind okay. of like a fun experience to look at something that I don't know anything about and learn about it. So that was it for me. Oh, that's a, you know what, that that's a BFO that I just never thought of. BFO's blinding flash of the obvious. And I, I feel silly for not having thought of it, but curiosity and just taking your curiosity and saying, you know, what would I be interested in learning and what maybe haven't I ever covered and say pulmonary hypertension. I know nothing about that. I wonder how that works. So that's awesome. That is a tremendously powerful motivator. And so maybe instead of uh, looking at it as a, that whole, um, <clears throat> you know, uh, a dragon that has to be slayed. It's more like that. How do you eat an elephant one bite at a time that you just say, okay, well, what am I really interested in here that I don't know much about? And just like, huh, pulmonary hypertension. So awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, great. Any other recommendations you have? Um, the only other thing I was going to say is that I, when I made my study plan, the first thing that I put um, for my first cycle to study was math because I like math. Okay. So it's, it doesn't necessarily feel like studying if it's something that I like to do. And so I thought, well, if I start on a good note, then I can continue trudging along. Um, and yes, there'll be some topics in there that I don't like, but I kind of sprinkled in with each cycle topics that I am not as like interested in with topics okay. that I do like and I am interested in. So it's kind of like a benefit reward for studying the things that I don't necessarily want to study. You have gamified studying. That is awesome. Yeah. I heard yeah. <laughs> so if, if steak is your thing, eat the steak before the vegetables or at least steak, vegetables, steak, vegetables, something like yeah. that. Well, awesome. Well, I know your advice is going to be really helpful to a lot of people and I appreciate you being on the pharmacy residency podcast. Yeah. Thank you. This has been the Pharmacy Residency and Money Podcast, a member of the Pharmacy Podcast Network. You might want to check out our available residency audiobooks at pharmacyresidencypodcast.com forward slash books, or you can get your first book free if you've never been on Audible before. You can work one-on-one -on -one with me to get a better residency that will better suit your career, health, and wealth at residency.teachable.com. Feel free to send an invite to Tony D on LinkedIn or email me at tonythepharmacist at gmail.com. Music was by Policy.